Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and coming to you live this evening from Des Bryant's accountant's office, it's the Jana and the Sherpa Show. <laughs> it's actually our tenth show tonight, so that's supposed to be a warm sound effect, pop, pop the champagne. And I am not Jana, I am the Sherpa. Jana, how are you this evening? I'm good, how are you? Great, I'm just really excited we've made it all the way to ten shows. Three months ago, this was just sort of a seed of an idea in our minds, and then here we are actually doing our 10th show already, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, hopefully we'll be around for hundreds more. <laughs> hundreds? I was thinking millions, if not Googleplexes, but anyway. All right, all right, big picture there. <laughs> it is a big picture. I'm going to live forever. I don't know about you, but anyway. So, so what are we going to do on tonight's show? Well, tonight we're going to break down all 14 of this week's games, and we're going to look at the somewhat significant list of injuries and uh, significant bi-week players. Um, We're also going to touch on a couple of strategy topics this week, like what to do with slow starters and how you handle the waiver wire if you jump on it quick or if you wait a few weeks. So we're going to debate those a little bit as well. Great. And how can people reach us to participate in the show, which I know everyone wants to do, so how can they do that? Well, of course they do. There are a couple of ways to get at us during the show. You can uh, tweet us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Uh, You can also find us on email under the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 347-677-1608. That's 347-677-1608. And I keep my eye on everything all throughout the show, so you can talk to us in real time and get on the air. If you have any fantasy questions, just let us know. You can also find us during the week over at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. There's a really great blog there. Sometimes we do debates. Uh, also, Ginny, our lovely co-host from last week, has signed on to do some uh, blogging there as well and maybe participate in our debates. Uh, also, you can find the Sherpa on the Huffington Post giving us some of his football musings, which are really interesting and funny throughout the week as well. You can find those links uh, on our Twitter. We post them in real time as they go up. So if you're looking for us, you can find us all over the place. <laughs> Yep, you sure can. And one quick thing I want to mention just before we get into the the injuries and the bye week players this week. Mm-hmm. As you know, we have a couple of fourth and inches show fantasy football leagues with our listeners, and it just so happens through the fate of the scheduling that Janet and I have already played each other twice, you know, once in each of our two <laughs> leagues. And I'm, I'm not so proud to say that I've actually come in tw- in second in both of those matchups so far. So, Janet, congrats for, for kicking my behind a couple of times already. I'm just letting I just you get off. I was going to say, I was the bigger person here. I did not heckle you. You brought it up all on your own. <laughs> so I think that makes me the bigger person then. I don't know. I feel pretty big right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's false modesty on your part. So anyway, why don't we go ahead and get into the – Into I'm sure most people couldn't give a hoot about uh, our football uh, league results. But uh, anyway, why don't we get going with the injuries and the buys. So what's going on this week? 
there are actually a lot more injuries than I feel like I actually thought there were. Um, a lot of people got hurt during the week or they have nagging things or they got hurt late in games. Um, most notably, I would think, is Steve Breston had arthroscopic knee surgery this morning, and he's going to miss at least a week. It may even be two. Uh, this knee's been bothering him for a while. The, the Ravens, Ray Rice, also nursing a bruised right knee. He didn't practice. It's looking like he may not play. Willis McGahee's acting like he's going to start this week, so that's something to watch on game day. The Browns still aren't letting Jake DeLone practice with his bum ankle. That's not really a surprise. The Texans' Andre Johnson, I know a lot of you held your breath when he got hurt during the game this week. He's got a high ankle sprain, the same ankle that was bothering him previously. He's going to be a game-time decision, but I think he's probably going to play. Uh, the Rams' Stephen Jackson is day-to-day with his groin injury, but he's feeling so much better after some acupuncture, so it looks like he should play. Uh, Trent Edwards, released by the Bills, already picked up by the Jaguars. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, we also have Darrell Revis is questionable with his maybe hurt hamstring, maybe just out of shape. Uh, Drew Brees uh, stirred up a lot of controversy this afternoon by wearing a knee brace on his left knee to practice. He said it's sore, but he's not on the injury report. He's going to play this week. I don't think it's going to be an issue. And Patriots running back Fred Taylor still got a a bum toe. He missed practice. Uh, He left the game last week, you might remember. And his status is uncertain, so that's another one to watch this week. Okay, I think I heard something about Derek Pierre Thomas also, that he might be, his health is also a question mark right now, and I think um, I think I read that Mario Manningham has a concussion, and I know he's a third wide receiver for most people if they even play him, but I think those guys too. But uh, what about the buys this week? Who are we going to be missing player-wise? Before we get to the buys, we have a caller. Oh, great. Hi, Hello, you're, you're on, on Fourth and Inches. Oh, we lost them. They're gone. <laughs> maybe if you're going to call, with please. All our injuries. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe I bet what it was is that you gave him when you said Fred Taylor wasn't going to play with the toe injury. That was probably the information he was looking for. I must have. Then they hung up. Question. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's that. But so, um, or maybe he well, wanted to ask about Garrett Hartley, then. and he just knows we don't like to talk about kickers on this show. I love kickers. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> okay. I love Ethan so, Garrett Hartley, too. But on to the bye right. weeks. Um, yes. This week we've got Dallas, Kansas City, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay all on bye. And that's going to actually take a lot of big fantasy players off your board for this week. So as we go through the games, we'll give you some different guys to look at. Um, maybe flex players you haven't thought of starting till this week are going to come into play. So just kind of go along with us and see where we can fill the holes in your lineup. Um, Most notably, we've got from the Cowboys, obviously Tony Romo's been putting up a lot of yards, Marion Barber and Felix Jones, the running backs, Miles Austin, a wide receiver, and Jason Witten, a tight end. So there's a handful of players right there. Uh, Kansas City doesn't have quite as much to offer (laughs) uh, with Matt Castle, Dwayne Bowe, and Jamal Charles. Not going to be available this week. Minnesota, obviously Brett Favre, who's was shaky anyway, Percy Harvin, Adrian Peterson, and kicker Ryan Longwell. <laughs> There's your kickers, Sherpa. Oh, and you can always Tampa find Bay. Kicker. <laughs> Tampa Bay, Cadillac Williams, and Kellen Winslow, I think, are the only ones that are really going to truly affect not being on your team this week. Okay, that sounds great. 
So should we yeah. hit? Should we hit it with the games then? Yeah, let's jump right in. Okay, first one up this week: the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. I think the Jets are going to prevail in this game, although this seems to be the kind of game they usually lose. But what do you think? Um, I think the Jets are going to win because if they don't, I I don't even know how it's possible for somebody to lose to the Bills at this point. That Buffalo is such a hot mess. Um, so I think it's safe to say against Buffalo, uh, you can start pretty much anybody you own from the Jets. Um, you can start Mark Sanchez. I would only do it in a two-quarterback league unless you're, you know, crazy about Mark Sanchez, which we're clearly not here. <laughs> um, not two games in a row really that surprises me, but I still wouldn't I, trust him. No, I, I don't at least. Um, I'd start Braylon Edwards. I'd even go as far to start Jericho Cotri. Obviously start Dustin Keller after that huge game last week. I would say yes to LaDainian Tomlinson, yes to the kicker, yes to the defense. Um, maybe even the water boy if you're feeling crazy. <laughs> okay. With Buffalo, I wouldn't start the water boy. The only person on Buffalo that I would really start this week is wide receiver Lee Evans. They're obviously a mess right now. They've just switched quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, apparently they decided that the Harvard quarterback was smarter than than the, um, Trent Edwards, the Stanford quarterback, so they're going to go with him. I think he's a maybe. You only start him if you've got somebody missing for a bye week. I would not start Marshawn Lynch this week against the Jets defense. I wouldn't start C.J. Spiller or Fred Jackson, so just stay away from the Buffalo backfield. The defense, I wouldn't start either. Ryan Lindell, the kicker, stay away from him. As I mentioned before, Fitzpatrick, the quarterback, is a maybe. And I would also classify wide receivers Steve Johnson and Roscoe Parrish as maybes for that contest. So there you have it. Anything else on this one? All right. No, the Bills make me sad. So let's move on. Okay. Well, this game, I think, is going to be one of the more interesting games of the weekend, and that's Denver and Tennessee. I know people think of Tennessee, they think of the ground game, but I actually think this is going to turn out to be somewhat of a shootout with Denver winning maybe 37-34. How do you see this one turning out? Um, I actually agree with you. I agree on both accounts that, yes, Denver wins, yes, it's close, and that is actually I'm looking forward to watching this game. The only thing I think is missing is if they were both wearing those terrible throwback uniforms. That's really all I could oh. ask for more from this game. Well, let's hope <laughs> not. I might, I might uh, have to go out and watch the game on a black and white TV if Denver wears those <laughs> brown and mustard things. Well, Denver, I, I've been surprised by Kyle Orton a little bit. I would start him. I, I like Eddie Royal. I'd start him as well as Brandon Lloyd. Maybe Jabbar Gaffney is a flex player. I'm kind of iffy on Lawrence Maroney. I think it depends on what options you have. I would say no to the tight ends, no to the kicker. Uh, maybe on the defense, if you can't get anything better, I think they're borderline. And what's um, what's more, not Marshawn Lynch, no Sean Moreno's status for this weekend? I think he's questionable. Okay. So... I'm not. I'm just not willing to take the risk on him. Lawrence okay. Maroney. If you're going to start one of them, that's who you should start. But even that, I think there are a lot of better options out there. And for Tennessee, Chris Johnson. I think you definitely start him this week. 
tight end Bo Scaife is a definite start, and kicker Rob Peronis, I think it's going to be a shootout. He'll get some field goals in, so I'd start him. Say no to the defense, and depending on your bye week situation, maybe for Vince Young at quarterback, maybe for running back Javon Springer, and maybe for all three of their wide receivers, Justin Gage, Kenny Britt, and Nate Washington. I think it'll be a good game. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, that one should be good. And the next one game we're going to discuss could also be an interesting game, but I don't think it'll be as close. There should be some fireworks here. We're talking about we're talking about Detroit at Green Bay. I see Green Bay winning this by at least 21 points. I'll say 41-17. Yeah, I think Green Bay crushes them. Even though Green Bay likes to try to beat themselves, um, I, I think there's only so much you can do to hurt yourself against the Lions. I still think they beat them regardless. Um, I would not even start Sean Hill in this game, a quarterback for Detroit. He is going to start this week uh, because Stafford's just beginning to throw again, but I don't think it's a good idea to have him on any kind of fantasy team right now. I would say yes to Calvin Johnson, no to wide receiver Nate Burleson. He's got an ankle problem. He hasn't practiced. Uh, Yes to Javid Best. I love him. Even though he does have turf toe, um, you may see less production, but I don't think it's worth sitting him just yet. Let's see how it goes. I would say I'm I'm actually liking both tight ends, Brandon Pettigrew and Tony Scheffler. If there is one thing Sean Hill's good for, it's that he throws to tight ends consistently, and they both saw a fair amount of playing time last week. Um, if you have either, I'd start them. Uh, I would not start the kicker. I would not start the defense, though. Yeah, Detroit is strange. They actually have more fantasy-relevant tight ends than they do wide receivers, so go figure. For Green Bay, (laughs) for Green Bay, I'd like Aaron Rodgers to have a big game rebounding from Monday night. He didn't play badly Monday night. It's just they couldn't get the the scores when they needed them. It seemed like he would move them up and down the field, and then they'd kind of stall out there. But I like him a lot this weekend. I like Brett Jennings and Donald Driver as wide receivers this weekend. Start Jermichael Finley at tight end. Start the defense. Start kicker Mason Crosby. I wouldn't go so far as to start their fourth wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Third wide receiver, James Jones, would be a maybe for me. And running backs, um, Brandon Jackson and uh, John Kuhn, I'd say that those guys are both maybes as well. I'm I'm not really impressed by their ground game. I still think Jackson has a better chance than uh, Kuhn of of emerging as 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 a real star, but I'm just not sure that's going to happen for for either of them. And it's funny, because a couple weeks ago when Ryan Grant went down, we were all saying, oh, this will be no problem, plug in Jackson, and he'll be just as productive as Grant was. But I think maybe we've underestimated Ryan Grant a little bit. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I don't think, even if one of the two does emerge, I don't think it's going to be this week. So I don't see any reason to take a risk on them. Yeah, they, they should. They'll be able to pass at will against Detroit. It's mm-hmm. they're they're better, but their defense is still is still uh, quite a ways away from being competitive. So let's move on let's to move the on next to, game. Uh... <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> I'm good at that. Uh, I have San... ESPN. Oh, do you? <laughs> San Francisco at Atlanta. I'm hoping this will be a good game, but I feel like. 
Atlanta's going to take control and it's not going to be that competitive. Which makes me sad because I am an Alex Smith fan, but I only think you start him if you're in a two-quarterback league. Um, I'm really not crazy about starting Michael Crabtree this week. He has really not been productive as of yet. He's got six catches total for the season. Um, I Maybe you look at Josh Morgan, but he's got a sprained knee. It looks like he is going to play, though. I'm not in love with either of them, but if I had to pick one of the two, it'd be Josh Morgan, not Crabtree. Um, I, obviously, yes on Frank Gore, yes on Tim Vernon Davis, no to the kicker, no to the defense. I think Atlanta wins this easily. I agree. I'm predicting a final score, something on the order 31-17 for Atlanta. So, And whose fault is it that Michael Crabtree isn't getting the ball? I think that would be Alex Smith's fault, no? Um, I'm not ready to say that, no. <laughs> okay, well, we can blame it on Mike Singletary then. So, for yeah. Atlanta, for Atlanta, much as with Green Bay, you pretty much start anybody that has anything to do with the team, even the water boy. For Atlanta, you start quarterback Matt Ryan, you start running back Michael Turner, wide receiver uh, Roddy White, you start him. Tight end Tony Gonzalez, start him, start the defense, and start kicker Matt Bryant. The only person that I'm not starting unless I have to is running back Jason Snelling. And, again, I, I start him if I'm in a deeper league and I'm you know, having bye week issues. But that's that's how I see this game. Shall we move on? Yeah, fair enough. Yep, let's All right. move on. This next one is definitely the, the game of the weekend and my tongue is planted firmly in my cheek, and I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks at the St. Louis Rams. This game, I'm not sure if you live outside of St. Louis or Seattle why you'd want to watch, but anyway, I I see St. Louis winning this in a squeaker. Seattle seems to be one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams that plays really well at home and not so well on the road, but what's, what's your take on this one? Um, I, I sorry to Seattle and St. Louis fans, but I can't think of anything I'm less excited for right now than this game. Um, it's I just I feel like it's going to be kind of a train wreck. Uh, that being said, I would only start Matt Hasselback if you're in a two quarterback league, and even then, I'm not really excited about him. I'm also not interested in wide receivers Mike Williams or Deion Branch. Neither have been very productive and. I don't think it's going to be a shootout, so there's not a whole lot of reason to clog up your lineup with them. Uh, I would start running back Justin Forsett, mainly because it's a bye week. You're down a few running backs. He might be a nice fill-in. He's sort of coming into his own. Um, yes, on tight end John Carlson, he seems to be the only person that Matt Hasselbeck's comfortable throwing to. No to kicker. Um, I would say no to defense. I think if Seattle's your defense, you may have had a little trouble drafting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Although if you have their special teams included with the defense, you probably got a nice uh, boost from Leon Washington last week. But you can't True. count on he that was happening. Sitting on my bench, and that made me really unhappy. Um, let's see if we can get this caller to talk to us this time. Sure. Uh, just real quick before we get to your St. Louis analysis. Hi, you're on the air with Jana and the Sherpa. Hey guys, quick question. Uh, Jersey here. Uh, I got a PPR like ten point rushing touchdown, you know, point 
a point every 10 yards rush and you know, five bonus points you get, uh, you know, 100 yards. I'm going to start Foster, but I got Mendenhall and I got Pierre Thomas. And Pierre's kind of a little banged up, but he's got a better matchup, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. who to start. Um, and I wanted to get your guys' input as to who you felt would be, you know, wise to go with. Do you want to go first, Yeah, Yeah, I I would uh, actually, I would actually go with Mendenhall among that group, just because I don't see Pittsburgh having much success running um, at all against Baltimore. Excuse me, throwing at all against Baltimore, and Baltimore actually hasn't been quite as good as you would think against the run this week. So of those three matchups, I actually like Mendenhall's the best. Foster, they might run him. I have to agree. Then I'll, 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 I'll go Foster and Mendenhall then. And then um, my other question is, uh, I'm starting Randy Moss, and Bolden went off of me. So I guess i got to play Bolden. Uh, but I have Malcolm Floyd. You know, Floyd's going against Arizona. Bolden's going against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. You know, like you said, uh, Pittsburgh's defense is real good against the run. If Pittsburgh probably has, if they're weak, it may be against the pass. I don't know. I could be wrong on that, too. What's your feeling on there? Do I get to stay with Bolden? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh's going to spend almost the whole game running, and I think Baltimore is going to spend almost the whole game throwing. I actually, I think you have three good choices there, but I would stick with Moss and Bolden. Jenna, what do you think? Hi. Um, I agree, mainly because Ray Rice may not play this week, so they're definitely going to be looking to pass a little bit more than usual. So Bolden should be a good option, even though he's going against the Pittsburgh defense. And my last question, in my standard league, I got Foster again. Uh, but the problem mm-hmm. I have is I have uh, Matthews on IR. So I have the law firm, right. uh, Ben Jarvis. And then I also have Brandon Jackson. But I also have Steven Jackson. Now, if Steven Jackson is ruled out, but Matthews isn't, then I'll have to drop either the law office or uh, uh, Brandon Jackson. Actually, uh, uh, Maroney's available and stuff, too. But when I, should I, when I start... Matthews over, again, he's coming back from an ankle injury. Um, who do you like between Matthews and Steven Jackson based on injury-wise if you had to take for a number two running back, standard league? I think I, I like would go Steven with Jackson. I would disagree. I'll go with Matthews. I just think that <laughs> with him it sounds like he's been able to practice at full speed with his ankle. I mean, not with, right. yeah, he's got the ankle injury. And, you know, I love I love their matchup this week against Arizona. I think they're just going to, that, that that's another game that I don't think anybody outside of those two cities will want to watch. But <laughs> yeah, if I had to choose between those two, I, I think I would go um, Matthews. It sounds like, Janet, you disagree with me. Yeah, as usual. But I like Steven Jackson because he's a veteran. He knows how to play through injuries. He says he's feeling good. I feel better about playing him with nagging injuries than I do about Ryan Matthews with an offensive line that's got some holes in it and is liable to get him crushed. I got you. If, if I bring Matthews off IR, because if, if, if he's going to play, i got to take him off IR. My dilemma is, you know, I have Ben Jarrett I'd either drop or Brandon Jackson I would drop. Or I can drop, you know, Ben Jarrett or, or Brandon Jackson now, and I can pick up, like, Maroney's available, you know what I mean? Um, what would you re- recommend me to do as my fourth running back? Because normally it's always Foster, and I've been using uh, Jackson because, again, Matthews was hurt last week because Jackson really hasn't done anything for me that much spectacularly in the standard league, but it is what it is. So as a fourth running back, um, 
you know, I have Jarvis, I have uh, uh, Brandon Jackson, or possibly dropping them and picking up uh, Lawrence Maroney. What's your what's your input on that? I like all of your current guys more than I like Maroney. I just think, you know, I mean, with Maroney, they, he's you know, Buck Halter's still there, and Moreno is going to be healthy sooner or later. I just don't see if I were going to drop any of your guys it would be uh, Brandon Jackson but even there I think he's got a clearer shot to being an effective fantasy player this year than than Maroney does Jana okay. I actually agree with you on everything this time <laughs> <laughs> so 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 technically if I if I bring Matthews back and I have to drop either either the law office or Brandon Jackson which one of those two would you drop you know, when I bring Matthews off of the IR Will you keep uh, the law office with Fred Taylor being her? I mean, you never know what they're going to do. But Jackson yeah. really hasn't done nothing either, you know what I mean? So it's no, – That's a tough one. I think you could flip a coin there, but I would probably be more inclined to – if if this is your fourth running back, I'm probably more inclined right. to drop um, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis and, and hope that Jackson is able to develop into a full-fledged number one running back. I mean, you know – Green Ellis has looked good at times in the past, but, you know, like you said, they've still got, right. you know, the Taylor, I mean, yeah, Taylor could come back. They've still got Morris there, and you know, now they even have Danny Woodhead in the equation. So I would think if, if you're looking for upside, I think Jackson has more than uh, than the law firm does right now. Do you think, do you think um, um, what's called available, um, the backup for McGahee, does she worth grabbing and dropping one of them? Either Jarvis or uh, uh, Jackson for down the road. I mean, last year he was great. He got you touchdowns, um, but they're not using them like they did last year in the goal line. Or maybe they are, but they're not the last three games. So I mean, he's he's not getting the work like he did last year. Again, maybe he had five, six hundred yards, but I think he had twelve touchdowns. You know what I mean? So what's your what's your take on that, guys? Do I? I mean, is McGahey worth using as a fourth running back? Uh, on, on your team, I mean, only if I guess McGee goes down or if uh, Rice goes down. But what's your what's your feeling or early take on on that being aggressive with that? I, I still uh, like. It, it kind of looks like the Ravens have, have fully committed to Ray Rice, and they're going to give him the brunt of the workload. Even though it looks like he may uh, miss time this week, I don't think it's going to be a long term injury. So I don't know if, if McGahee's going to be better than any of the other options you already have. I, I agree. I All would right. stick with the guys you have over over McGahee. All right, I will do that. There, I'll wait until you know this weekend to see what they say about Matthews. And then you said keep Jackson and drop the law firm. You guys said if Matthews is is healthy, do it that way. There, is that what you're saying? I would just because I think Jackson has yeah. more upside and a clearer path to you know, to being the star there than than uh, Green Ellis does. Yeah. All right. I got it. I appreciate right. it very know, much. Let us know how it goes. Send us a tweet or email us I will. or something. Okay. Hey guys, right, right now I'm actually one, I'm one and two in both my legs because the problem was I actually won this week. I blew everybody out in my PPR leg. I got the weekly high with 199 points, but I picked up who let the dogs out. Vic lit them up. He gave me 47 <laughs> points for now. I got who let the dogs out. I got Flacco and I got Rafflesburg. And my standard leg, I got Rafflesburg and Flacco. And I have Foster on both. I have Witten on both. But what was killing me in my standard leg was my San Francisco defense did absolutely nothing for the first three weeks. 
Um, yeah. Witten hasn't done anything. Flacco hasn't done anything for the first two weeks. So, and Brandon Marshall didn't do anything the first two weeks. So, my guys went off this past week. I won in that one. And then I also went off heavily in my other league because I played Who Let the Dogs Out. And I went with, I went with Pierre Thomas. I went against my gut here. He let me down. Then the Hall actually had a better week. Um, so, Pierre scares me with his injury and now Ivory back and them committed to the pass. Thank God it's a PPR league. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm like, yeah, it's the same old Pierre. Last year, he, when he got hurt, yeah. he up, you know what I mean? Yeah, same thing and last it, it, year. Right, it, it worries me. But, hey, my, my, my PPR league, I have the second most points. I have about 480 points over the first three weeks. I lost to my son, 145, 146 the first week. He's 1-2 also now. Because Does I anybody you forget with. that yet or no? Well, you know, I let him win once. He's in my division. I, I let him win once. You know, I told everybody, hey, oh. guys, I play with everybody the first the first two weeks. Now I'm going to run the table next 14. I'm loaded. I mean, I got I, I got those three quarterbacks. I got Foster. I got Mendenhall. I got Hightower. I got uh, Pierre Thomas. I got uh, Bolden. I got Floyd. I got Randy Moss. I got Witten. You know, I got the Jets defense. I got the, the Atlanta's kicker along, along with Dallas's kicker. It was just that the first week – I sat Bolden because they said Revis was going to be on Bolden. So I played Moss mm-hmm. and Floyd. Well, Revis never got on. So at least if I lost, I lost to my kid. Then the second week, I lost like 90 to 7 uh, to, uh, I forget what it was. It was like 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 nine, like nine by like three points there. So I put up like I think 450 or whatever. But the people I played against have put up 420 points against me. I have the second yeah. highest. In, but in the other division, Nobody scored more than 350 points. It's a joke. The other six teams are a joke. So when I play them, I'm yeah. going to kill those guys. So, again, it's just that it's all about matchups, and things do change, guys, as we know. But the, yeah. uh, who let the dog out was getting me wrong because uh, Flacco was just choking. You know what I mean? And I was very disappointed in him, and I was very disappointed in San Francisco's defense. Um, I did not see that happening. And uh, they're killing my son also at the end of the league, and it's killing me in my other league. I just didn't see that, that happen. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, you know, but that's what makes fantasy yeah. football interesting, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. So hopefully they, I'll still keep them on my roster. Hopefully week 14, 15, 16, I'm in the finals th- those weeks there. San Francisco comes to play. If not, oh, well, we'll look for next year. But, again, thank you for your help. I appreciate sure, it. Thanks, thanks for calling. Guys, and, you in, and thanks for calling. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. All right, thanks. You thanks. too. Bye-bye. Well, hopefully we helped him out. Um, so. But let's uh, let's get back to the Seattle-St. Louis game. Unfortunately, hey. we're going to spend more time talking about that. <laughs> no, 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 no that's us okay. Know, so, let us know your thoughts on uh, St. Louis for this week. For St. Louis, I'm starting quarterback Sam Bradford. I think if he's somebody who's available on your waiver wire and you're still holding on to the likes of David Garrard or Jason Campbell or Kevin Cobb, hoping that they'll come back from the dead, I think you're making a mistake. So start Sam Bradford, wide receivers Mark Clayton, and Danny Amendola is another guy who's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues that I like a lot. Pick him up and start him if you need bi-week help. Start the defense. I say do not start Steven Jackson. That groin injury scares me, and Seattle's pretty decent against the run. I wouldn't start uh, Darby either if he star if he's uh, replacing Jackson again. I like Seattle's run defense, and I say no to kicker Josh Brown. So shall we move on to Carolina at New Orleans? I think this is going to be a blowout. I, even with Thomas's injury and Breeze's injury, I still see uh, New Orleans winning this game by about three touchdowns. What do you think, Jana? 
Uh, absolutely. I don't think Drew Brees' injury is going to affect him at all. Carolina's not very scary, and over the course of his career, he's pretty much torn them up. So um, I'm not excited about a lot from Carolina. I haven't been all year. Uh, sorry, Carolina fans. Sorry to Jimmy Clausen's family, but I don't think there's any reason to start him this week. Um, I'd say yes to wide receiver Steven Smith. I'd say yes to D'Angelo Williams. Of the two, he seems to be the clear-cut favorite out of him and Jonathan Stewart. I would not start any tight ends, kickers, or defense here. For New Orleans, I'm definitely starting Drew Brees in spite of the injury things. Unless he shows up on Sunday with no limbs, I'm starting him. I'm starting tight end Jeremy Shockey. I'm starting wide receiver Marcus Colston and the defense. The running backs, I'm going to stay away from Pierre Thomas, who's questionable with that ankle injury. And even if Chris Ivory plays in his stead, I don't think this is the week to start him. And Garrett Hartley, even though I would normally start the New Orleans kicker in this case, I just think there's too much of a question mark around him that I I don't start him. And the wide receivers, I think those guys are all maybes. Debra Henderson, Robert Meacham, and Lance Moore. You never know who Breeze is going to throw to from one week to the next, so I stay away unless I have to, unless I'm desperate for a bi-week fill-in. Yeah. Let's uh, look at one of the marquee games of the day, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, which we just touched on a little bit with the caller. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty standard Baltimore-Pittsburgh experience, very rough and tough and not terribly high scoring. Um, What do you think? I agree. I I think those two teams combined will score fewer points than than Green Bay and New Orleans and several other teams this weekend. I actually think Baltimore is going to pull this out, though, because I think their their offense is just a little bit more balanced than Pittsburgh. So what do you think? I I think Pittsburgh wins. I actually have faith in their ragtag offense more than you do, at least. (laughs) Um, I think they shock everybody and they end up 4-0 after this week. But for Baltimore starters, I would say yes to Joe Flacco if you're in a two-quarterback league. I would say yes to Anquan Bolden, yes to Derek Mason. Um, Maybe on Ray Rice, that's something you need to watch up until game time with his bruised knee. Um, if he doesn't start, then maybe you look at Willis McGahee. Um, I just don't think either is going to give you too terribly much value, though. Uh, yes to tight end Todd Heap, no to kicker, yes to defense, just because it's going to be low scoring. And I'll second that emotion, and I'm going to start Pittsburgh's defense. That's the only part of that team I want to start this weekend. I say no to quarterback Charlie Batch and wide receivers, Heinz Ward and and Mike Wallace. I just don't think they're going to be able to throw on Baltimore. And I say uh, no to kicker Jeff Reed. I say maybe to Mendenhall. I know I I told the caller before that I I liked his matchup better than some of the others. but I would start Mendenhall. I'm on the fence about him. I I say only if you need to for bi-week purposes. And I'm also on the fence about Heath Miller. At the beginning of the season, I loved him, but apparently the uh, Dixon and Batch don't. So I'm going to wait until Roethlisberger gets back before I start him again. Fair enough. Let's keep moving. All right. Cleveland hosting Cincinnati. This on paper sounds like this could be pretty one-sided, but I actually think that Cleveland's better than people give them credit for, which people don't give them much credit, but 
They've yeah, lost their three better. games. <laughs> they've, they've lost their three games by a total of twelve points, and they hung in there with Baltimore and had a chance to win that game. I, I think Cincinnati wins this by a field goal, and I think the score is something on, along the lines of twenty seventeen Cincinnati. I have a little more faith in Cincinnati, even though Carson Palmer seems to have had some kind of brain transplant. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, fingers crossed that this is the week he gets his act together, because if not, we need to seriously start reevaluating him as a quarterback, because I am not happy with what I've seen. Um, Carson Palmer, I think you start him. I think it's still okay to start him in a one-quarterback league, uh, but for me, this is kind of the last chance. Um, yes, start Ocho Cinco. He's been kind of on fire this season. I would say yes to T.O., Maybe on Jordan Shipley, he's got a shoulder injury, but he's been practicing. I would look at him as a flex player. He, he is the number three receiver, but still getting looks. Yes to Cedric Benson. He's got a sore knee, but keep an eye on him on game day just in case. Maybe on tight end Gresham. I, I'm not excited about him. I would say yes to the kicker, yes to the defense. I do think there will be a fair amount of kicking happening in this game, but I think Cincinnati wins by at least a touchdown. I'm going to go for Cleveland. The only people I'm going to start there, I'm going to start running back Peyton Hillis. I'm going to start tight end Ben Watson, and I'm going to start their defense. I say no to quarterback Jake DeLome if he's uh, able to start this week. And I'm saying no. Pardon? I don't think he's starting. They still haven't let him practice. It doesn't sound like it. If he does, though, I say no. And if Seneca Wallace starts, for me, he's a maybe. If you have to for bye week, go ahead. But I'm not excited about him. I say no for running back uh, Jerome Harrison, who's questionable with his thigh injury. And I say no to Phil Dawson, the kicker. And I'm a maybe on wide receivers, Mohamed Masakoy and Josh Cribbs, who I like a lot but he's probable with an ankle injury, and I just, uh, I'm not, I don't trust either of their quarterbacks to get him the ball enough for him to I be. I find it very, very interesting that you think that Cleveland will be so close in it, but you won't start their quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, I, I just think Peyton Hillis and their defense are going to carry the day for them and make it a close game. <laughs> I'm just, it's just an observation. I think it's interesting. <laughs> okay. I'm getting a little defensive here, but that's because I believe (laughs) in Cleveland's defense. (laughs) Let's move on. on. That's our theme for the show tonight. Let's move on. Indianapolis at Jacksonville, the first of the Sunday late games. This one, another one where I think it's not close. Indianapolis, I'm thinking they're going to win this 41-17. What's your take? I'd be surprised if Jacksonville scored 17 points. So, Would you be I surprised if Indianapolis scored 41? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I, when you look at Indianapolis, there, I, I feel like it says every week, there's a lot of players that you should start no matter who they're playing or what the situation is. People like Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne. Um, I would start Austin Collie, but not Pierre Garçon. Garçon's battling hamstring injuries still. Yes, on running back, Joseph Adai. Yes, the tight end, Dallas Clark. Yes, the kicker. Yes, the defense. Pretty much anybody who plays for a team except Pierre Garçon. 
And for Jacksonville, I'm really pulling teeth here to come up with something, but I'll I'll say go ahead and start Maurice Jones-Drew just because I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball. Eventually, Indianapolis will figure that out and probably put all 11 of their guys in the box. But until they do that, I'm going to think that uh, Maurice Jones-Drew will be at least somewhat productive. And I'll also say yes to tight end Mercedes Lewis because I don't think that the quarterback, whether like it's David Garrard or Trent Edwards, I don't think the quarterback's going to have enough time to throw the ball to anybody besides the tight end. So, yes to Mercedes Lewis. I'll say no to whoever the quarterback is, whether it's David Garrard, who I, I think it'll be, or Trent Edwards, who's had yeah, about two like days. Garrard's going to get the start, but I'm hoping it's a big enough blowout that we get to see Trent Edwards and see if maybe he meshes with this offense a little better. Uh, I'm still too heavily invested in David Garrard from a selfish standpoint that I don't want to see that happen. But from an objective standpoint, I could see that happening if if I – yeah, I could definitely see that happening. So no to Garrard. I say no to Rashad Jennings, no to the defense, no to kicker Josh Scobie. And maybe if you have to, to wide receivers Mike Sims-Walker and Mike Thomas. But, again, I just don't think that they're going to have – the quarterback, whoever it is, is going to have enough time to – throw them the ball so I, I just unless you enjoy watching Peyton Manning or, or Maurice Jones Drew I don't think there's any reason to watch this game either maybe the next game we're looking at will be more exciting <laughs> I sense a note of sarcasm in your voice there we're, we're, we're talking about the the Houston Texans at Oakland and I'm going to go I don't know if out on a limb but I'm going to predict that Oakland actually pulls the upset here. I, I'm just Houston, for whatever they seem to me, the, the perpetually underachieving team, they, they seem like they should be much better than they are, and I just think after getting shellacked by Dallas last weekend, I think there's going to be a carryover effect, and I just think Oakland's a little bit better than people think, and I think they're going to pull this one out 27-24. As a fan of a team who never performs as well as they look on paper, I still believe in the Houston Texans, and I still believe that Oakland is a mess and their owner is insane and that there's no way they're going to even be within 10 points of Houston. So who do you, who do you think <laughs> you from Houston is going to help make them? Who do you think is from Houston is going to help make that happen? Um, I think Matt Schaub is because I think Matt Schaub is an elite quarterback. Um, if Andre Johnson plays, I think you start him. It's a little up in the air, but I think he probably will try to tough it out. And if he thinks he can play, I think he will be productive enough. I would say yes to wide receiver Kevin Walter and yes to Jacoby Jones, because even if Andre Johnson plays, he has a, a high ankle sprain. You have to take that into account a little bit, and they'll get some more looks. Yes to running back Arian Foster, of course. And no to tight end Owen Daniels, who... Seems each week to be hoping to get back into the groove after that knee injury, and he just hasn't really done anything yet. So I would wait until he actually produces to put him in your lineup. I would say yes to the kicker, no to the defense, um, just because I don't love their defense, even though they're playing Oakland. I think they should send Andre Johnson to Stephen Jackson's acupuncturist. Maybe. <laughs> that's my analysis for the, that's all my analysis for the game. Actually I'd like <laughs> Oakland, right. I, I like Oakland's secondary quite a bit. They've they've done pretty well and Nandi Asimwa, I think the only reason 
you know, people talk about Rivas Island and not Asimov Island is, first of all, nobody could pronounce or spell Asimov correctly, and second of all, he plays in Oakland rather than in New York. But I just it's don't think... It's a little harder think, to turn on features. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't think that, that Houston is going to be able to throw on that Oakland secondary and, you know, between the guys being hurt, between Daniels and Johnson being hurt and the... the the ability in the secondary there. I just don't see them having what you would consider a typical Houston uh, offensive game. On the other side, quarterback Bruce Gradkowski has played a little bit better than you would think. He seems to actually have some chemistry with some of his receivers, in particular Darius Hayward Bay, who is still on a lot of waiver wires in a lot of leagues. If he's out there and you need a bi-week replacement and want a guy with a lot of upside, pick him up and see what happens. Lewis Murphy played well. Pardon? <laughs> I don't see I don't see him being a huge threat in this game. I just I'm not a believer. Mark my words, he's gonna score at least one touchdown in this game. You can you can write me afterwards and, and thank the Sherpa for letting <laughs> me know that ahead of time. All right, so, we're gonna we're gonna address that next week. <laughs> all right. We'll we'll have our Darius Hayward Bay segment next week. Wide receiver wise <laughs> Lewis Murphy, I'll start him, even though he's questionable with the clavicle injury. But like I said, Gratkowski seems to have more chemistry with Hayward Bay, or at least he targets him more often than he does Murphy. Tight end, Zach Miller, start him. Kicker, Sebastian Janikowski, start him. He'll rebound from last week's uh, disappointment and kick the game-winning field goal. I say no to running backs, uh, McFadden and Michael Bush. I just don't think that that they're going to be able to run much on Houston's defense, and therefore they'll spend the whole game passing. And I also say no to Oakland's defense, just because I think Houston will score enough points that there are probably other teams out there with better matchups. True, true. So on to one of the more and eagerly anticipated games this weekend, probably in your household more so than in mine. But we've got... Washington playing those big, big, bad Philadelphia Eagles, and it's Donovan McNabb, and it's Michael Vick. And so I'm, I'm going to say that Michael Vick is going to perform well against a decent defense, and I think Philadelphia wins this 34-24. I think that Philadelphia wins it. I think it's probably close to that score that you just told us. Um I live just outside of Philadelphia, so all I've heard about since McNabb was traded was this game. And now all anybody can talk about is Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and Santa Claus. And it's just ridiculous. I think this game's overhyped. I don't think it's going to be as good as some of the others this weekend, but it's got the most intrigue. So this is going to be everywhere, all Sunday, all Monday. So you may as well watch it. I heard Santa Claus was questionable. (laughs) Santa Claus is questionable. He had a bad experience okay. there once. He may not show up. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> it's for, Washington, there, so he... for Washington, I'd start McNabb. Um, I think he's going to, you know, be fueled by all this intrigue and and all that good stuff against his old team and the, te- the town that never, ever gave him enough credit. Um, I would say yes to Santana Moss. He's got to have somebody to throw to. Uh, yes to Chris Cooley, who he seems to have a fair amount of chemistry with. Yes to running back Clinton Portis. I would say no to the kicker and no to the defense. I think this is more of a touchdown game than a field goal game. 
unless Clinton Portis is running in the open field, in which case he'll probably take a dive again like he did last week. You never know. It's only one way to find out. <laughs> That's right. So Philadelphia, Michael Vick, definitely start him. You start LaShawn McCoy. You start Deshaun Jackson. You start Brent Selleck. He's probable with a wrist injury, but start him anyway. Start the defense just because I think they're going to force some turnovers and start kicker David Akers. The only person I'm not starting there, unless I have to, is wide receiver Jeremy Macklin, who's probable with a back injury. I'd put him down as a maybe. Other than that, I, I just think if you've got any Eagles on your team, you definitely start them this weekend. I feel a little more secure about Jeremy Macklin than you do. I would start him. I just he has good he seems to work well with Michael Vick and I just I have a good feeling about him this week. Better a better feeling than I do about Darius Hayward Bay? Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I, I I'm gonna predict that Darius Hayward Bay has a better week than Jeremy Macklin. I know that's not exactly going out on a limb, but that'll be an interesting side thing to monitor for us this weekend. So, anyway, our well, listeners don't care about Jeremy Macklin. Your, your favorite NFC East team, the Giants, who are welcoming Chicago this week. Chicago yes, surprised we, me we a little bit. Game. We skipped a game. We oh, haven't sorry, done the Arizona-San Diego game yet. So, uh, this, I can make my announcement. Are you excited about that one? Yeah, I, I think this is pretty – you can sum this up in about two sentences. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league playing one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and the, the good quarterback's going to beat the bad quarterback, and I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. Again, I think this is a three-touchdown game, San Diego 38, Arizona 17. I mean, it's no secret that I won the bet that Derek Anderson would be starting for Arizona, but that doesn't mean you should actually start him. The only reason I can see starting Derek Anderson this week is if you're in a two-quarterback league and one of your quarterbacks is on a bye. I wouldn't start Um, him in a five-quarterback league. I'm just saying. It's not a good idea, but if you have to, you have to. Um, Yes, start Larry Fitzgerald. Don't start Steve Breston because he's not playing this week. Um, Maybe if you're feeling crazy and you're in a deep league, you can start Stephen Williams, who will be... Uh, getting the looks that Steve Breston's not this week, but I don't feel real strong about that one. You have to be in a really deep league, and he should be a flex player if that. Um, If Beanie Wells does end up playing, which it it strongly looks like he will, I would start him or Tim Hightower, whichever you have on your team. I think they're going to be running a lot, and Tim Hightower's got the chemistry with the offense right now. I would not start the kicker, the tight end, or the defense, though. I'm going to predict that Steve Breston scores more fantasy points the next two weeks, or even this weekend, than Derek Anderson does. I think you're crazy. <laughs> um, we'll see. It's possible to have <laughs> negative points. Derek Anderson's the guy who can do it for you. So sure. for San Diego, I'm starting quarterback Philip Rivers. I'm starting running back Ryan Matthews, who's probable with an ankle injury and in participated fully in practice today. I'm starting wide receivers Malcolm Floyd and Legadun Ane. I'm starting tight end Antonio Gates. I'm starting the defense, and I'm starting kicker Nate Kading. The only person I'm not starting is a guy I was actually pretty high on at the beginning of the season, and that's running back Darren Sproles. They just – it, it never seems to amaze him. me. They, they, they really have. They just don't seem to 
take advantage. I mean, I remember the Denver game. What was that a couple years ago where Tomlinson, I think, was hurt and he just went nuts. And I know he can't do that every week, but I just think he has more potential than someone like Mike Tolbert does. But if you had to pick one of those two to start this weekend, you pick Tolbert. But you know, hopefully, yep. you don't have to pick either of them. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> All right, now we get to the eagerly anticipated game that will undoubtedly be one of the best games of the weekend, and that's the undefeated Chicago Bears taking on the lowly New York Giants. And I think New York, they're not going to be able to run the ball against Chicago, so I think Eli Manning's going to throw and throw and throw some more. I think he's going to throw for over 400 yards. I think I think Stephen Smith and Hakeem Nix both have over 100 yards in receptions. And I think that the Giants pull this one out 34 to 31. And if they don't, I think Tom Coughlin can probably just uh, turn over his keys to Bill Cower, but we'll see about that. I I don't know what fantasy world you live in, but it's clearly not the same reality as everybody else if you think Eli Manning is going to throw for 400 yards. That is crazy. I don't even know what to even respond to that. That's so crazy. Aaron Rodgers almost um, did that last week against the Bears, and the Giants have yeah, better running Aaron back. Aaron Rodgers than... is an elite quarterback, though. Just because Eli Manning has a Super Bowl ring does not mean he's an elite quarterback. No way on the planet is there a way that I could see Eli Manning throwing for 400 yards this week. None. All right, mark it down. They might as well <laughs> trade Darius Hayward Bay to the Giants then because it's happening. Well, he Darius probably Hayward Bay have is going to win fantasy points on the Giants as he does in Oakland, which is not many. <laughs> More than Derek Anderson is um, going to have, but anyway. Anyway. So, what do you think? think Who's going to be valuable for Chicago? I think Chicago wins this. I don't think it's super close. Um, I think you start Jay Cutler. I think you start wide receiver Johnny Knox. Um, maybe Devin Hester is a flex player, but I'm not really in love with him. Um, I would say start running back Matt Forte, absolutely start tight end Greg Olson. I would start the kicker, and I would even start the defense because Eli Manning's not having a great game. Mark it down. Not happening. <laughs> Obviously, I disagree with you because I'm going to tell you to start Eli Manning. I'm going to tell you to start Steve Smith and Akeem Nix as wide receivers. Start tight end Kevin Boss and start kicker Lawrence Tynes because he's going to be kicking a lot of extra points and a few field goals to go with him. And I'm not so keen on the running backs this weekend. Like I said, Chicago's run defense is very impressive, but their pass defense is not. So I think Eli Manning, even Eli Manning is going to figure that out pretty quickly, and I think he's just going to be throwing the ball all over the stadium. So I say no to running backs, Mott Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs. Wide receiver Mario Manningham, I say no just because he's questionable with a concussion. If he does manage to play, I think he's someone that you start if you're in a bye week situation. And I say no to the defense just because I think the game's going to be a shootout. Interesting. I I think we will have a lot to talk about next week. <laughs> or tweet about or blog about. Yeah. So, um, so we've, we've made it. The, 
in, part of, in spite of our tangents on Darius Hayward Bay and Eli Manning, we've made it all the way to our last game of the week. Thankfully, there are only 14 games this week instead of 16, so that helps us out a little bit. But New England at Miami, the Monday night game, New Miami, their second consecutive week of having a primetime home game. This time, I think they're going to be happier with the outcome, as well their fans. I think they win this game 27-24. I agree. Shockingly, I'm really excited to watch this game. Um, I don't think it's any secret that I am really excited about Miami as a team and Chad Henney. So I would love to see them beat New England, and I think it's possible. So Take it I, to the I don't think we have anything. Yeah, we don't have anything to fight about there. <laughs> um, for New England, obviously, you always start Tom Brady, always start Wes Welker and Randy Moss. I don't think that should ever be a question. Um, I would start Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, who we talked about a little bit earlier, mostly because there are a lot of running backs on bye weeks, and he had a decent game. Um, no Fred Taylor. I would say yes to tight end Aaron Hernandez. I picked him as a sleeper earlier this year, and I really like what he's done so far. I would start the kicker, but not the defense. Pretty much it. And for Miami, it sounds like, pretty much a, a mirror image of that. I start quarterback Chad Henney. I start running back Ronnie Brown. I start wide receiver Brandon Marshall. I start kicker Dan Carpenter. And I do not start the defense because I think the game is going to be fairly high scoring, maybe 27-24. And I'll say maybe to running back Ricky Williams if you have to, maybe to wide receivers Devon Best and Brian Hartline if you're desperate for a bye week fill-in and maybe to tight end Anthony Fasano, same thing. If you're in a bi-week situation and need a fill-in, you start him, otherwise don't. All right. Sounds good to me. So we made it through all the games, and we have a couple seconds to spare. Why don't we just talk real briefly about how willing you are to replace underperforming players, especially that comes up now when guys have bi-weeks. Are you going to cut, say, a, a Felix Jones or somebody like that if he's been disappointing and he has a bye, or are you going to stick with someone like that through thick and thin? Well, I'm probably not the best person to ask that since I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm also a big Felix Jones fan. Um, but, no, I'm not I'm not ready to cut my losses on anybody that I've personally drafted so far. Um, I like to stick with guys for a few weeks before I hit the, the waiver wire. I know you take the exact opposite approach. You delved right in after week one. I like to kind of feel out how people are going to play. I think they need a couple of weeks to get into a groove and really see how they're going to perform or not perform. I think I always like to have one or two spots on my roster that I set aside for the kind of moves that you were just describing. Unlike baseball, we both play fantasy baseball, too, where I think you do need patience because over the long run, guys are going to perform at their expected level. But in football, the season's too short. There's no guarantee of that. If somebody attractive like a Brandon Lloyd who was on nobody's radar screen or practically nobody's radar screen at the beginning of the season all of a sudden emerges, I think you have to pull the trigger now, shoot first, and ask questions later. If you make a mistake, it's okay. There'll be other mistakes that you can make later on in the season then. But I I just, if Felix Jones maybe wasn't a good example, but if you had someone like, say, Lee Evans, and you had the chance to replace him with, say, Lewis Murphy or Darius Hayward Bay, i do that just because I think from what we've seen so far this season, both of those guys have more upside 
than Lee Evans does. So See, anyway, I that's probably that. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you guys um, think? We got guess... a few tweets, but feel free to weigh in yeah. on that, and I'm sure we'll have more time to talk about that in the coming weeks then. So why don't you wrap us up and tell us what we're going to be doing next week and how people can get in touch with us during the week. Next week we're going to, once again, analyze the games for the week ahead. We'll take a look at key injuries, uh, look at key players that are going to be on buys, and help you with any questions you have. Feel free to, again, call in, tweet, email throughout the show next week, which will be on during our regular time from 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern. Uh, during the week, you can contact us via email at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com or on Twitter at the same handle, the number 4thninchesshow. You can also read the fantasyfootballsherpa.com blog and catch the Sherpa's football musings on the Huffington Post. Thanks right, again thanks for, for listening, and feel free to shoot us any questions during the week. Good luck, everyone.